Hey, what up, what up, what up, TLR? How are we feeling tonight? Okay, awesome. I just need to like um, take a real quick deep breath and, and soak this in. This is wild. Um, I'm sorry in advance for you guys right here. Like you're in like the, the spitting section. It's just going to happen. So we should have like got many umbrellas or something. I'm going to do my best, but you, you know, it just could happen. But hey, welcome um, to the living room fall kickoff. This really is incredible. And I'm just going to come out and say it from the very start. Um, I love Monday nights. And I miss Monday nights. Like it's been a long summer and I'm so glad to be back kicking off a brand new semester with you guys. And one of the reasons that I love Monday nights so much is because we believe that this is more than just a, a gathering. We think that this really is a family. It's, a, it's one big family. And just by showing up here tonight, like you're a part of the living room family. So since we're family, the way that family grows, the way that you get closer together is, is by getting to know each other better, like asking real honest questions, giving real honest answers. And so tonight I thought I'd just take the first two or three minutes and ask you guys some questions so that I can get to know you a little bit better. We can get to know each other a little bit better. And then I'll tell you a couple things about myself as well so that you can get to know me a little bit better in return. Um, so let's just start off with this. Uh, for those of you that are in school, uh, which is probably the majority of you in the room. How are classes going so far? Okay, how, how are classes? Boring. Okay, yes, yes, that's fair. Um, okay, all right, good. Okay, so so we got a range. We got. A, I didn't hear anyone be like, "I love it, man. It's amazing." Oh, you love it. Okay, cool. Um, another question to kind of follow up that: Have any of you skipped a class yet? Okay, yeah. You like shot your hand up proud. You're like, yup. Um, how many classes have you skipped? Just curious. You've skipped four. How long have you been in school for? Three weeks, two weeks. So you're averaging like skipping one class every two days. That's a good ratio. That's great, that's great. We're, we can improve upon that. Um, the next question I have for all of you, it's a little bit more uh, serious, a little bit more intimate, personal question. Um, but again, we're just being honest, we're family, okay? Um, have any of you, you feel like, like on campus so far, I know you've only been on campus maybe for a couple weeks or less than that, but uh, any of you feel like you've found your soulmate yet, like you've seen him, like anybody, like you've seen that guy, you've seen that girl, maybe tonight you saw him and they're sitting in your row, don't look, don't look if they're in your row, that's awkward, um, but some of you, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, you're like, bro, it was day one psychology class and I met him, I met her, and boom, it's game over, um, that's great, that's great. Hey, uh, I got another question. Um, have any of you rode a bird scooter to class? Okay, bird scooters, yeah, they're everywhere. Bird scooters are everywhere. It's a great thing. Uh, I love riding bird scooters. If I was a student, I'd ride them to class. Um, it, it makes walking on the sidewalk a little bit more interesting. Like I was walking the other day and legitimately I'm like, whoa, you know, cause they just go zooming by you. It's like, they don't care. Why are you walking two miles an hour? I'm going 25, like that's just how it goes. Um, no joke, a couple weeks ago on Insta Story, I, I saw a student, I think it was at GSU, um, and this, yeah, what up, Panthers? Hey. GSU, I don't even know what to do with y'all. We sent five buses tonight and some of you were Ubering, so I don't, chill out, chill out, okay? But anyways, back to the story. Um, so this student rode a bird to class, normal, but then the Insta story showed that he proceeded to take the bird up to the fifth floor of his class and he legitimately parked this bird outside the classroom on the fifth floor. Like, I don't know if that's legal or allowed, but I thought it was pretty awesome. So if you're here tonight, props to you. Um, that's amazing. One last question I have for you guys. Um, are you ready for, for fall weather? Anybody? Okay, yeah. Woo, come on. Hey, I'm like, if you found your soulmate, I get a couple claps. You ready for fall weather? Woo! We don't, 
We don't need to worry about relationships. Um, okay, that's great. I feel like I know you guys a little bit better now. A um, couple things about myself. First things first, if we've never met before, my name is Matt, and I get to lead the living room here at Buckhead Church. Um, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Any St. Louisans in the room? We got a few. What's up? I wasn't expecting that. Um, my mom and dad are in the room. They drove in this morning from St. Louis, got up at 5 a.m., drove in, surprised me. Um, yeah, it's amazing. My best friend's in the room. He flew in this morning, also surprised me. My head's spinning. Like, I don't even know what's going on, um, but it's great, and it's great to have them. I'm from St. Louis. My wife and I moved uh, to Atlanta two years ago, um, almost two years ago, and we live in Brookhaven, and she's in the room tonight. We've been married a little over five years. Uh, she's in the room every week. Thank you, guys. Um, and so, yeah, so we love it here. It's been great. Um, no children yet, but we're adopting, so you guys are a part of that story. Yeah, we can't wait to update you on that. Last thing I need to tell you, and then we'll move forward, is, um, and I think this is pretty important, I have a rap slash hip-hop song on iTunes. Yeah, some of y'all are vibing it. It's called Girl You Know, okay? And it's lit. I'm just going to say it. It is. It is. And I mean, I, I, I listen to it a lot. Some of you, like, it's your ringtone. I know it's true. Um, I kind of re- think it's like old school Drake. A lot of people say that. Um, no one's actually ever said that, but I just like to say that. So um, moving on, moving on. This is the song. This wasn't planned. Turn it off. Turn it. That's, yeah, that's really the song, though. That wasn't planned. Thank you guys for that. But uh, yeah, girl, you know, go buy it for 99 cents on iTunes. Or if you're kind of cheap and you're like, bro, I'm not trying to support you, um, then just go stream it for free on Spotify. You can do that too. Whatever. It's cool. Um, but hey, in all seriousness, I love college students. Like, I really, really do. I love this season of life. I love how unique of a season it is in life. I love the potential of this time in your life. And man, I'm so excited to kick off a brand new semester with all of you guys, a few hundred strong in the room. And I'm not just saying this, like maybe you're like, you say this at the start of every semester, but I really, really mean it this time. I've, I, I, know what's, I know what's coming. I, like I know what's, what's ahead on the schedule and what we have planned. And I really do believe that this is going to be the greatest semester we've ever had at the living room. That fall of 2018 here, we're in a new space, like there's new things happening. I'm telling you, you want to try to make every single Monday night a priority to be in the room because I just think God's going to do some really, really special things over the coming weeks and months. So I can't wait. Buckle up. Um, But hey, I want to start off tonight by asking you all a question. It's a pretty simple question, and it's this. What makes home feel like home? What is it that makes home feel like home. And when I ask that question, I would imagine that for the majority of you in the room, when you start to think about home, like maybe a house comes to mind, like the house that you grew up in or the different houses that you grew up in because maybe you moved around a little bit. Maybe um, when you think about home, like you think about a city that you grew up in. Um, But isn't it true, like we all know this, that, that, that a home is more than just a house. Like a house is something that you can see. A home is something that you, you know, feel A house is something that you can physically touch, where a home is something that you experience. So I think a home is is more than just a place. It's more than just a physical house or even a city. I think memories make home feel like home. Like a lot of you, when you think about home, you think back to that driveway where you grew up in, and you like remember like playing basketball in the driveway, and you were balling, and you're like six years old, and you're trying to dunk on somebody, but your vertical's six inches, so like you fall on your face every single time, you know? Or, or maybe when you think about home, you think about that backyard where you had the trampoline and the pool and the late nights you spent out there in the summer hanging out with friends, building relationships, all that type of stuff. Maybe you think about the bedroom where you had countless sleepovers, but home is, is more than just a culmination of memories. 
I think home means something. Like when you think about home, you think about that place where you can be real. You think about that place where you can have a really good cry. When you think about home, you think about it's a place where family lives. Maybe when you think about home, you think about the fact that you can sound like whoever you want to sound like when you're in the shower. You know, like you're in there and you're just like, oh, I'm a single lady. Oh, I'm a single you know. Beyonce is just my go-to. I don't know why, but it is. Maybe when you think about home, you think about a place where love is, where family is. When you think about home, you think it's a place where I can belong. And for so many of us, maybe you've said this or you've heard this said before, that there really is no place like home. Like when you think about home, you just think there's no place like home. And here's the truth. In every season of your life, you are going to be looking for the characteristics that make home feel like home. So in every season of your life, you're going to be looking for people that you can surround yourself with, that people that know the real you, where you don't have to be fake, you don't have to put up a facade. You're going to be looking for for a place that feels like family, a place where you belong. And the truth is, college, for many of you, it's the first time in your life where you have a home But for nine months out of the year, you're away from home, living in a dorm or an apartment or somewhere off campus. So for many of us, for the first time in our lives, or maybe more than any other season in life, what we need is a home away from home. And you may even need it more than you think tonight. You need a place where you can belong, a place where you can connect, a place where you can find family and you know you're loved. You need a home away from home. Any of you uh, know or ever heard of a guy named Abraham Maslow? He's a famous psychologist. We got any Maslow fans in the room? Okay, don't, don't lie. You're not a Maslow fan. <laughs> uh, so there's this dude named Abraham Maslow, right? He's a famous psychologist, and he has this famous theory um, knows, known as like the hierarchy of human needs. And so basically there, there's, yeah, some of you, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that now. Yeah. No, you don't remember it, but you might, but moving on. And so he has this, this theory. It's like this pyramid, right? And there's these five basic human needs, he says, that we all have. And these human needs drive all human motivation and behavior. So I'm just going to go through it really quick. Um, and so we'll start out here. The first one, he says, is a physiological need. So this means like your brain is constantly scanning your environment first to just find, am I safe? Like, am I going to survive here? Like, is there water? You know, am I going to survive? Then it moves up. Once you get that need met, now your brain is scanning the environment to figure out, am I physically safe? Like, I know I'm going to survive, but now like, is my environment cool? Am I all right? Then it keeps going. Next thing your brain scans for is love and belonging and connection and and finding a home away from home, so to speak. And then it keeps going and self-esteem. Like, this is your identity trying to figure out who you are. And then the final thing is self-actualization. And this is you figuring out your purpose in life, what you were created to do. So it starts with physiological and safety needs. Like literally your brain, first and foremost, is scanning the environment constantly to figure out if you can survive and thrive. And so this is why like when you're hiking in the woods, if you've ever been on a hike and you come across like a bear, you know, you don't first say like, man, let's see what this bear wants. Like, Maybe this bear is just looking for a place to belong. Like, maybe he just wants to see if I'm all right. You know, no, no. When you see a bear in the woods, what do you do? You immediately run because your brain is like, hey, I got to survive. I got to survive. But what's interesting is that once a need is met, you move up to the next need and no longer are you thinking about that. 
It's why many of you in the room right now, you're probably not trying to scan the environment to figure out where the nearest source of water is right now. But, but maybe you're really thirsty and you're like, I am scanning for that. But, um, but you might be scanning the environment to figure out if this is a place where you belong or not. You may not be scanning the environment to like figure out if you're safe, like if the roof's going to cave in or not. But, but you might be scanning the environment to figure out if that God we just sang about, if he could actually love somebody like you. And what's interesting, what sticks out to me here, is that what's right in the center is love and belonging. This need, this desire that we all have to find love, belonging, and connection in our life. Now clearly I'm, I'm not a psychologist, but, but I think I would buy this. Because I have a desire to belong. I have a desire to find love, to find family, to find connection. And we do too, every single person in this room. And that desire to belong, to find love, to find connection, that doesn't make you insecure. It doesn't make you weak. What it makes you is human. Because isn't it true? Like there's nothing worse than not belonging. There's nothing worse than not belonging. We all know how that feels and it doesn't feel good at all. In fact, over the summer, I got to go on a trip with my wife and uh, her side of the family, and so it was her mom and, and uh, her siblings and their spouses, and, and it was an awesome trip. We were really excited about it. it was, we got to go to the Bahamas, um, and we were actually like in this small island off the Bahamas called the Abacos, and so we're there, and it's a great trip. Like It's beautiful, but it was kind of like more so of an adventurous trip. And you should just know, like, Ann and I, we're not super adventurous people. Um, and by not super, like, we're not adventurous, okay? Like, the hiking thing, I just said, I don't go on hikes, but whatever. So we're on this trip, and this is an adventurous trip, and we're like, man, we're just going to be all in. Like, we're going to do this whole thing. So one of the days, they're like, all right, guys, we're going to go out way deep into the ocean, and we're going to go snorkeling. We're going to go snorkeling, okay? And so we're all like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it, we're excited. So everyone gets there, and they jump off the boat, and like, we're in the middle of the ocean, the Sea of Abaco, to be exact, and uh, everyone's having a good time. And Ann and I, meanwhile, are just like sitting on the boat. We're like, guys, we're just going to hold it down over here, you know, uh, just in case like the anchor doesn't work. We, we got it, we got it. You know, we're going to work on our tents, um, so we're just, we're just cool. We're kind of hungry. So like, we're sitting on the boat. I kind of got like mild ADD, so after like two seconds, I'm like, okay, Ann, I'm not doing this, I'm getting in. So I get in, um, but like I'm already kind of grossed out because you got to wear these goggles, and like they tell you to spit on the goggles and wipe it in so that you can see clearly. I'm like, ew, that's gross. All right, then you got like this mouthpiece you got to use, and I'm like, when's the last time this thing was sanitized? You know, like this is disgusting, like uh, germs everywhere. And then like I get in the water, and I'm like, I don't even really know how to use this mouthpiece thing. I'm not good at this whole breathing like apparatus, so like I'm coming up every seven seconds for air. I'm like, <gasps> You know, and like, so it's just a struggle all around for me. You don't need to know those details, but I just want you to be able to empathize with me tonight. And so like I swim out and I'm having a good time. It's great. Like I'm seeing things in the water, this coral reef and like all these like colorful fish. And I'm like, you know, this is so, so awesome. Meanwhile, Anne's still on the boat. And the boat is like rocking back and forth like this, as you could imagine, getting, you know, crushed by waves. And she's like feeling pretty seasick at this point. And so I'm like, yo, girl, like you, you got to get in. You know, it was a respectful yo girl, but it was like, listen, like, maybe I said, babe, I don't know. Um, I was like, hey, you got to get in the water. You're going to feel way better when you get in the water. I'm just telling you. So finally, she's like, okay, whatever, I'll do it. So she gets in the water, but she's just like holding on to the boat. She starts to feel better. She gets some courage. So she decides to put on the goggles and start swimming out. And we're feeling good now, like, and we're going out there. So like almost as soon as she gets out and we get out to where everyone else is, her brother, her little brother who just graduated college, he pops up out of the water. He's like, yo, did y'all just see that shark? 
did you just see that thing? And I'm like, bro, quit playing. Like, you always are trying to do, stop, you know? Like, your sister, my wife, just got out here, and like, you know she's terrified of sharks. I'm not terrified of sharks, bro, but she is, like, you know? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not playing. Okay, the next thing I know, Ann pops up out of the water and she's like, oh, there's still a shark, there's still a shark. I'm like, Ann, no, you didn't. You just heard your brother say that. You didn't see a shark. Then next thing we know, the dad of the group, basically our guide, he pops up and he's like, whoa, did y'all just see that six foot shark? That was amazing. And I'm like, yo, shoot, Ann, let's go. We want Michael Phelps on him and we're out. Like we are out of the water, okay? We are swimming back to the boat. I'm thinking that everyone else is falling behind. Truth is, no one's falling behind. And so now we're on the boat and I'm like, guys, get out. You're in shark infested waters. What are you doing? Like we're pleading. We're like, please, like you gotta get out of the water. This is terrible. This is when we all die. And Anna, we don't know how to drive a boat. We're gonna die in the Sea of Abaco. Like, still not over it. But they ended up coming, we got back clearly, but can I just be real with you? Reason I share that story is because in that moment, I felt invisible. In that moment, I felt really, really alone. In that moment, I felt fearful. And in that moment, I felt pretty hopeless. And to sum it all up, I could keep going, but to sum it up, I just felt like I don't belong. I don't belong. And now here's the deal. I think that there are many of you in the room tonight that you feel the exact same way right now. Right now as you're sitting in this chair, if you were honest, you'd say, Matt, I feel pretty invisible. You're on campus with hundreds, maybe thousands of students, and you see so many people every single day. Like maybe you have roommates, but you're like, I've never felt more invisible. I feel like no one knows who I am. I don't know anybody. Maybe at the end of the day, like you have a lot of activities and things that happen that fill your schedule, but at the end of the day, you go home and you feel really alone. Maybe right now you're constantly feeling fearful and worried about the things that are going on in your life right now, but definitely about your future, and it's flowing over into anxiety and stress in your life, and you're not even sure what to do with it. Maybe you feel hopeless, and maybe to sum it up, you just feel like, I really don't belong. And maybe you're questioning, you're, you're doubtful if you ever even are going to belong. And maybe for some of you, you hear this thing about home, and you're like, the truth is, you just said that so many people say that home is where the heart is, but for me, home is where the heartbreak is. Home is where the pain is. Home is where the hurt is. Home is where I don't feel like I belong. And maybe you've always so desperately wanted a healthy home. Maybe that's why you're excited to get away from home and to come to college, because you're like, man, fresh start, maybe I can find something that feels like a home. I don't know, but you're willing to give whatever, anything a shot. And listen, this is why this season of your life is so pivotal. Because you need to find a home away from home. You need a place where you know you're loved. You need a place where you know you belong. And you need a place where you know you've got family. Like, not literal family, but people that become family quickly. I said that at the start, this is a family people that are for you, people that are gonna encourage you, people that are gonna love you no matter what. You need a place where you can belong, a place where you can connect. You need a home away from home. And what I love about 
God. What I love about the Bible is that when you flip open the pages of Scripture, it doesn't take you long to figure out that you can find this pretty quick. You can quickly find that you're loved. You can find that you belong. You really do. You can find that you have a family. In fact, there's this guy named John, and John was one of the closest followers of Jesus. And John writes this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Check this out. He says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is who we are. He uses double exclamation points even. Like, he's so emphatic here. He's like, listen, you have to see this great love that the Father, that God has for you. He looks at you, and he calls you his son. He calls you his daughter. And maybe for some of you, you're like, no, I don't believe that, Matt. Like, it's really hard for me to think that's true because when I look in the mirror, I don't see that. I don't see a son of God. I don't see a daughter of God. I see a broken, messed up person. And I feel like I've disqualified myself. Maybe you've had a bad church experience. And growing up, like the church where you were were a part of or the, the, the event you went to one time, maybe they convinced you in that moment that you weren't good enough, that you had to stop doing this, that, and that, and start doing this, that, and that, and you felt like I'm too far gone, that's not gonna happen. And when you don't know you're loved always, you'll search for love in so many different places. That's why for many of you throughout college, you're gonna search for love in the party scene, in a relationship, in success, in future hopes and dreams. You're gonna search for love in so many places. See, we'll go to great lengths to find any love, but our heavenly father went to great lengths to show you his love. We will go to great lengths to find any love, but our heavenly father has already gone to great lengths to show you his love. And he says, listen, you're my son, you're my daughter, you have to get this. John goes on in just a few verses later, check this out. He says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. So what is perfect love? Perfect love is a love that's illogical, a love that doesn't make any sense. Perfect love is a love that's relentless. It's a love that keeps on pursuing you. It chases you down. Perfect love is a love that's extravagant. It's a love that you can't even comprehend. And what John is saying, the point he's trying to get across is, is once you begin to own that love, once you see that that love is for you, then it doesn't just like push fear to the side. No, it obliterates fear. Like no longer do you have to live fearful lives. Fearing rejection, fearing, fearing, am I going to be good enough? Fearing, can I get over my past? Fearing, man, am I ever going to find a place where I really do belong? John's saying God's love, when you really take hold of it and grasp onto it, drives out fear. It obliterates fear in your life. And here's what I want you to know tonight, is that the heart of our heavenly Father will set the tone for our home. The heart of our heavenly Father will set the tone for our home. Do you know what it means to, to set the tone? When I was growing up, I, um, I would go to a lot of games, uh, and I would, I would go to like the stadium, we'd drive up, and we'd need to find a, a parking space, and so we'd go, and there'd be this parking attendant, and um, he'd wear this, this type of thing right here, but there was this one lot, it was pretty close to the stadium, and it was always empty, like, or at least empty until like right when the game started, and this attendant would like, he'd be like this, like he wouldn't really put it on, and he'd just kind of be sitting there, and like he wouldn't light up his thing even if it was dark out. And he'd be like, yeah, come on. Yeah, we got space, $10. And his lot would take forever to fill up if it ever did. Like if you were running late to the game, you knew you could go to this guy's lot. And it was crazy because it was pretty close to the stadium, and it was the cheapest one. It was 10 bucks, But 
he would just be like, yep, come through. Meanwhile, like 30 yards away from him, there was another lot that was very similar, and it was more expensive. It was $20, like double the price, but the attendant there, I don't know his name. I never met the man. I'm going to try to put this thing on. This is how this guy dressed. Like he'd put the thing on right. This is more difficult than I expected, but we're going to just, there we go. He'd put it on right. He'd light that thing up even if he didn't need to, and he'd be like, yo, come on through. Come on through. Come on, come on. Yeah, we got space. We got space. Yeah, welcome, welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is awesome. awesome." And his lot would fill up so quickly. Like I'm telling you, people would want to go to this man's lot. And it wasn't because like the pavement was better. It wasn't because it was that much closer. It was hardly, it was like 10 steps away. It was more expensive. I think it was just because he set a different tone. And here's why I share this. It's because that there are so many of you in the room tonight. And I think when you think about the heart of your heavenly father, God, I think you feel like God is just going, yeah, yeah, I love you. Yeah, you remember what you did this past weekend? You remember that what you did this morning? Like, yeah, when was the last time you were in a church? Yeah, 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 remember when you were lying to people, when you were saying, you know, doing bad things, and you feel like this is God, and he's like, yeah, I still have a plan for you, though. I think for some of you, that's, that's how you view the heart of our Heavenly Father. That's the tone that you think he has for you. When tonight, in these last five minutes that we have together, I just want to help reset the tone for some of you. Or maybe refresh the tone. Because I want you to know so badly that this is not the tone that God has for you. That the tone that God has for you is one that, man, it is radical. He is like, come on. He's like, listen, I'm so glad you're here. I have so many things to tell you. I have a plan for your life. I know you've messed up. I never expected you to be perfect. Newsflash, you're going to keep messing up. I love you. My love has never been stronger or less than it is in this moment. Like, he loves you unconditionally. And he's saying, come on, there's some things that he wants to tell you. And he's just trying to get your attention. And some of you are like, I don't believe that. Well, then why are you here tonight? Maybe tonight is all the proof that you need. Like maybe tonight is the night that God has had circled on the calendar for a long, long time saying this is the night that I'm going to get through to my son, that I'm going to get through to my daughter. And they're going to start to hear me in a new way. They're going to realize that the tone has, it hasn't changed, but it's going to change in their heart. My tone's been the same all along, but they're going to hear it in a fresh new way tonight. The heart of our heavenly father will set the tone for our home. So I'm just gonna highlight three things. And these three things, first and foremost, reflect the heart of Jesus. But they're also going to reflect the heart of this home, Buckhead Church at the living room. The first is this, love everybody always. Love everybody always. Jesus loves everyone. He loves you. He loves you. And so this world has a lot of division. There's a lot of different people, but we're gonna reflect the heart of our heavenly father here at the living room. We are going to love everybody always, period. We're gonna love everybody always. The second thing is this, you belong before you believe, or even if you never do. I don't know where we got that God doesn't like welcome your questions and doubts, that you have to be like, yep, I have faith, I have no questions. That's the only, like some of us think that that's how God wants you to be, no. God says, come on, I know your thoughts before you even think them. I know your words before you even say them. He's saying, bring it to me. Here at the living room, we're going to reflect that. 
You belong here before you believe. Guess what? Or even if you never do, even if you come for the next two, three, four years, and you still are unsure, you still have questions, you still have doubts about this whole faith thing, you still belong. There's a family for you. The third thing is this. We need the real you. In our culture today, come on, too many of us are scrolling through Instagram trying to be someone that we're not. We need the real you. God uniquely designed you. There is only one you. So don't cheat the world and try to be someone else. Here at the living room, we need the real you. So bring the real you. Bring it. As we close tonight, I thought, how should I finish this out? And what came to mind was, I want to read a letter to you that I wrote last night, real late. And it's a letter that if I was sitting in your seat, which I was in like a seat similar to what you're in just a few years ago when I was a college student looking for a home away from home, looking for a place to belong, a place to connect, a, home, a place where I knew I was loved and I knew I could belong. It wasn't that long ago when I was in your seat. And so I wrote this letter to you as if this was me in your seat and this is something I would need to hear. And this is where we'll close. To the person who doesn't have it all together, you've messed up. You struggle, you aren't sure of what you believe. You wanna live a life that makes a difference, but you don't know that you have what it takes. To all of you who desperately want your college experience to tell a story that's worth sharing, this is for you. The living room isn't perfect, it's far from it. It's not just a place we gather on Monday nights, it's a family. Every person matters. We're all in this together. You have a role to play. You belong before you believe, or even if you never do. When you mess up, and you will, don't run from the church, run to it. You can come as you are, and you can come back as you are. The living room should be the safest place for you to talk about anything. It's okay to not always be okay. There is always hope, always grace, always second chances, always love. We're gonna laugh together, cry together, sing together, dance together, eat together, and we will celebrate with and for one another. There are over 80,000 college students in the city of Atlanta. Every person has a different background, a different story, and different life experiences. Every person has hopes and dreams, worries and fears, and a desire to belong. So whether tonight is your first time here at the living room or you've been coming for a while now, you just need to know this. The living room is a place where you belong. It's a place where you can connect. It's a home away from home for so many people. And our hope is that it will become just that for every single one of you. So Jesus, we come to you tonight and God, for some of us in the room tonight, we just need to be willing to pursue your love. Because if you love us like that, then we want to pursue it. For some of us tonight, that's the step we need to take. For others of us, maybe tonight, we're like, man, we need a home away from home. And if this place, the living room, truly is going to reflect the heart of our Heavenly Father, then for some of us, we need to start showing up and we need to make this a home away from home. We need to invest here. For others of us, we need to go and we need to extend the invitation to even more people because we have friends, we have roommates, we have classmates, and we know that they too need a place where they know they're loved, where they know they can belong and where they know they can find family. So God, tonight, just give us the courage to do 
what you want us to do. God, I thank you for this place. I thank you in advance for the amazing things that you're going to do this semester. We love you so much, Jesus. It's in your mighty, mighty name that we pray. Amen.